I'm very sad, but the happiest memory in my entire life does not involve my kids. Wait, you're sad that it doesn't or you're... Yeah, because I was hoping by now my happiest memory of my life would be something with my kids being involved, but it's not. What's your happiest moment in your life? Oh, it was when Bobby and I went to Molokai and we took a hike to a waterfall and we swam under the waterfall and then we walked back to the the farm or wherever that these people who gave the hike were and they all had these fruit trees everywhere and they made us a fresh fruit smoothie. And then she's Mm -hmm. like, my cat just had kittens. Would you like to hold them? And so I held a whole bunch of kittens in my arms. And I was like, this is the perfect day. This is the best day. This is a day that could never be topped. And honestly, when I'm having a bad day, that's the day I go back to mentally. That sounds like an amazing day. There was a waterfall. A waterfall. Beautiful waterfall. My favorite place on earth has a waterfall. Where's your favorite place? It's Montezuma, Costa Rica. Ah. And there's this hike where you hike for like an hour or so Mm -hmm. across seven different beaches. Oh, wow. There's a shell beach and a white beach and a black beach and a magnetic beach and a regular beach. Like Mm -hmm. it's just... Yeah amazing scene like the change mm-hmm. and then you go to this waterfall and it meets the ocean and so like when you're looking at the ocean the waterfall is crashing down it's like chaotic and it's loud yeah but then when you're on the top of the waterfall and you look to the the other side where the waterfall is being fed into like the mm-hmm. river and it's surrounded by the rainforest and so it's like peaceful and you don't hear anything and it's just the it's the craziest thing ever because yeah. you look one way and then it's like quiet Mm-hmm. And you look the other way and it's like chaos. Yeah. And it's this, it's an amazing experience. And your kids aren't there. No. That wouldn't be my favorite time, all-time memory. It's my favorite place in the world. Oh. What's your favorite all-time memory? I don't have one. No. I feel like there's so many different memories that would be, I can't, I think there's different categories for me. Gotcha. Like if I need, like that spot where I need to go back to define like, peace and joy mm-hmm. would probably be the, the that place hike. the hike because i can put myself there easily it's like <sighs> you're listening to the mother effing podcast with patty crouch and heather Dragulescu. what a week mm-hmm. we both had this crazy weeks i, I mean i guess we could say what a month what a couple years what a life Oy. it just really comes to attention when you have a tough week, like how tough everything is. Yeah. And mine was like interesting because it wasn't tough. It was just busy and just I got sick and I kept, I just Ugh. couldn't. So what happened during your week? Well, the in-laws came. I love my in-laws. Like they're amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the only time that my underwear gets folded. <laughs> so. so nice, I'm sure. Whatever. I undo it as soon as she leaves. Shocking, I don't do that. I mean, um, so it wasn't like anything happened. I just got sick and then it, and I couldn't like beat it. Like I was just at 50% for like two yeah. weeks. And then there just, everything was happening. There was like second grade camp out where the school allows all the second graders and their parents to sleep on campus and they put tents and stuff in the field and we have direct hot dogs for dinner. Like it's a fun and dance party. Like it's a fun, like rite yeah. of passage kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I thought, and I ended yeah. up being with some of the parents that I actually like, and so we ended up having a good time. It was fun. And then there was like a recital. It was just, and then Chris had his black belt test. It was just one thing after another, yeah. and when you're sick, you're just kind of like, I don't want to do anything Yeah, kind of thing. You're so walking yeah. through everything in some crazy haze where you just can't. Yeah, it was just busy with me sick Yeah, and chaotic with me sick. So, Ugh. yeah. 
And then we're thinking about buying a van, and that's just been on our head. And then the van, like, we got stranded on the side of the road <laughs> no. right before one of my comedy shows. So that was just not fun. And, yeah, I just, it's and – the, and the school year is always crazy. Like, my kids still have school, which is nice. But, like, figuring out what summer's going to be like and – It's just tired. Yeah. It sounds exhausting. Yeah. But she hadn't even, like – my week was tiring because I was sick. <laughs> And my week was busy because of the end of school. Yeah. You had quite the week. I did. First, it started with, um, we've been planning to sell our car for a while. And my in-laws decided to buy it, which was great. But then they decided to buy it a week early and told us the morning that they were, my father-in-law was on his way from Vegas that they were coming to buy the car. So we were now carless on the last week of school for the kids. Ooh, and that's when all of, like the yeah end the of school stupidness happens. Yeah, I had two culminations. I've still got my classes for improv going on, uh, and it was just and you're making up classes for improv because you missed. Yeah, stuff. it was a busy week. It was so busy. I told my husband we're gonna have to rent a car, <laughs> so we rented a car for four days because I said you did. We had to. There was just no way to to survive like he wasn't gonna be able to uber it i said you need a car but i ended up missing her culmination because traffic was it, it took me almost four times as long to get from hollywood back to chatsworth as it did to go from chatsworth to hollywood earlier in the day how did she take that she seemed fine i mean i think what was important to her was that i bought her a brand new dress and shoes and you did yeah because she had grown out of all of her dresses and had ruined her nice pair of shoes. She wore them like three times and she would run around. I'm like, you can't run around in nice shoes. Like, you just got to walk. She didn't listen and she snapped the straps on them, like ripped them out of the side. So I was like, well, I can't let her walk the stage in sneakers and her holy leggings. <laughs> Oi. I would look like a bad mom. So I bought her a new outfit. But then I felt really guilty because Anna did really well in school. And I'm like, well, I need to get Anna a new outfit, you know, because she did well. So I bought her a new dress and shoes. I got her super cheap, though, at Target. So I was pretty happy about it. And then my mom was just itching for a fight this whole week. Wait, back up. Didn't your landlord die? Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, on Tuesday, I found out the landlord died. And on Friday, we went to his memorial. I was just, and you weren't like close, but at the same time, like there's also this idea like what's gonna happen yeah uh we i mean i was very sad he was a very nice man we went to dinner a few times with him and he was always very loving and warm and when we went to the memorial that's just what we heard more of like he was just the nicest guy and you're kind of sad that somebody you, you now really wish you had met even more is gone and uh yeah he passed away we went to the memorial so it's been a crazy week and then my mom yeah. on top of it was just Itching to fight. So you're at Anna's culmination. Well, at Bella's the night before at dinner, she's, I could see she's trying to push into something. But the kids are around, so she's kind of on her best behavior, but she's making little digs, little comments. More so than normal? Eh, yeah. Yeah, because I can tell when my mom wants a fight, and she wanted a fight. And it wasn't going to happen that night. And I had to excuse myself because I had a show. I was in the Laugh Right Girl Comedy Festival. 
So I was like, I got to go. Sorry. Bye. And I exited before she had a chance to really get into it. So the next day is Anna's culmination. And we're sitting there. And Anna's in her dress. She looks beautiful. I did her hair that morning. And my mom goes, her skin is so dark. You should not have put her in a cream color dress. It doesn't look good on her. Oh, my gosh. And I said, what did you say? And she goes, I'm just saying, for her skin color, cream isn't a good color. And I said, I think she looks beautiful. I think that's a beautiful dress. And I think she looks beautiful. So is that like your mom thing or like an old person thing? Because I feel like the older generation I don't says know. these racist type My things. mom changed the color of my wedding dress without me knowing because she didn't like the color I liked. And she didn't feel it looked good on my skin color. What color did you wear for your wedding? Uh, it was a slightly off-white. I had a very pure, like, nice, bright, brilliant white, and she changed it. She didn't like it. What? We went to a Korean wedding person that I couldn't talk to. My mom did all the talking for me. There, and, oh, wow. And so she called afterwards, because when they put the dress on, I said, is this just the, the test dress? And she goes, no, 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 this is the actual dress. And I said, this isn't the color I picked, Mom. This isn't the, she's like, I know, I changed it. I didn't feel that color looked good on you, so I changed it. So what? Partially my mom, but it's also offensive. Oh, completely offensive. It doesn't matter if it's if that's how she is. It's offensive. I'm just trying to get a gauge if it was like older or not, like an old. I don't know. I, I don't know. okay. So then we we go to celebrate Anna's culmination with ice cream afterwards, and the other two wanted to go to school. So the brother and sister weren't there. And I can just feel it. I can feel it. I can see it in her face. And Bobby's like, I'm going to go run home and get Anna a T-shirt so she doesn't mess up her dress. I said, take her home and change. He's like, no, I'm just going to go grab a T-shirt. I said, take her home and change her. Did you do the secret eyes of like, you yeah. need to listen to me and because this crap's about yeah. to go down. Yeah. So he took her out. And as soon as she left, my mom just unleashed. And I can't even remember everything that was said because it was all so awful but the highlights include uh her telling highlights me, what, I mean, the low lights these are low lights these are <laughs> highlights they include her telling me you're a burden in my life you're nothing but a burden to me you do nothing but burden me and I said how is that possible when I rarely call you to babysit when I rarely call you to watch the kids whenever it's a a a, a holiday or your birthday or Mother's Day, I'm doing the planning. I'm getting everything together. I'm the burden. And she goes, oh, yeah, well, thanks for that. But, yeah, you burden me. And I said, okay. And I didn't fight her on this. I would question what she was saying and ask her for clarifications, but I didn't fight her. And then she started going into, you know, you didn't even give me a biological grandchild. <sighs> and I said, Mom, realistically, the biological grandchild you have isn't doing that great considering he's not neurotypical. And she goes, well, but you, you know, I said, yeah, I could have had the same thing. Could have had an autistic grandchild too. Then you'd have two autistic grandchildren. And she's like, well, he can't help it. He was born that way. Your kids can help it. What? Yeah. And I she said, did not say that. And I said, yeah, because they said, oh, yeah, let me let me have sexual abuse because I want to help that. Because, yeah. you know, that's what sexual abuse victims do. They yeah. just say, do this to me, please. Let me make my life easier 
by being sexually abused. Yeah. And I said, Mom, if you had ever taken a chance to understand what happens with kids from trauma, you would know their brains have developed in a different way. They're special needs kids. And she goes, well, I guess adoption just isn't my hobby. (laughs) That's not a hobby for anyone. I know. And then she says, I don't have the time to learn about this now. And I said, yeah, you had the time three years ago when it was just my kids in the picture. That was the time you had, and you didn't take it. And during this time, my dad's like, what are you saying to my mom? And Heather's the one who brought this family back together. What are you doing? Like, he's just unable to fathom why she's saying this. So he's flabbergasted. Yeah. Like, this is going down. So this is even more so than her normal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not giving her what she wants. I'm not giving her what she wants. She wants a fight, and I'm not giving her the fight. So then she's going for the jugular. And I'm I'm starting to cry at this point <gasps> in the ice cream parlor. And she goes, you know, if I could, I would just fix the three biggest mistakes of my life. You adopting your kids, me having you and you turning out the way you are, and me marrying your dad. What? Yeah. And I said, it sounds like you just want me to leave. She's like, if that's what you want, that's what you want. You're like, no, 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 that's what you want. Yeah, I didn't say that. But I said, why don't you talk to my sister this way? She's like, well, I, I can't. Because my sister left for 20 years. That's why she won't. Why did me leave? Because of my mom. And my mom being too invasive in her life and my mom being my mom. And so I just sat there, you know, hold trying on. to wipe so away my I, tears. I, okay, hold yeah. on. So the daughter that's treated well. Mm-hmm. Wants to leave. I wasn't treated well. My sister. No, was I'm saying you're, she left. Yeah. Like she left for 20 years, and yeah. she was the one quoted like quote unquote treated well. Yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, and so I wiped away the tears. Bobby and Anna came back. At that point, we tensely ate our food. You know, very tense. Does Bobby be like, "What the hell happened"? We like, could feel it. There has to be some tension. Yeah. What did your dad say about him being a mistake? Like here she is talking badly about you, which he she always does. So that to some a certain extent, it's like okay, this is another another is, Sunday. My dad is unfortunately a little bit of an enabler, and while he was flabbergasted, she was saying what it was, and he tried to get her to stop. My mom won't stop, and no matter how hard he tries, she doesn't. She just is going to do what she wants to do. So I came home and I was super upset. And I, when we got home, I said, "Anna, oh, just watch TV. I know you're grounded, but you get to watch TV today because it's your culmination day." But I'm gonna go upstairs with Dad. And I took <laughs> Bobby upstairs and I unleashed everything that happened. And I started crying. And he's like, "You can't have her around the kids anymore." And I said, "Absolutely not." She waited a split second to be out of earshot. It's gonna happen again, and yeah. it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be when they're not near shot. And it's only gonna get worse. It's not gonna get better. Yeah. And as we talked it through, I came to the conclusion. I'm like, I have to finally walk away. Oh my god! Like I never thought I was gonna do it. I've always been super loyal. Now I got to stick by my mom's side, even though through all of this. And I said, I can't do that to my kids. The kids are in the picture now. I got to walk away. And I had a really hard time because I, I hated the idea of losing my dad. 
And why did you feel like you were going to lose your dad? Oh, I'm going to do a degree because my mom's not going to let him interact with us as much as he used to. He's then she's not going to let him, you know, come hang out or or go to places. She's going to have a tight grip on him and fill his schedule with things that she wants to make it impossible for him to be around us. So I'm not going to see him as much as I want. And that makes me sad. It makes me really sad. The first person I called when I made this decision was my sister. And I said, I just want you to be aware because she used to triangulate a lot when we were growing up to divide us. And she's going to do it again. And what did your sister say to this? She's like, oh, my relationship's with you. That's the most important relationship to me. It's not with mom. And she's like, there's nothing that's going to break this relationship. How did that make you feel? It made me feel better. And I hope it's true. I hope it's definitely true. But my mom's very skilled at what my mom can do. So you never know. So I wrote. Does she have any tips of like how to leave your mom? Like for 20 years? Like this is what you do. (laughs) No, my sister said she was never coming back and she came back. So my mom probably has in her mind like, oh, I'll get him back. But your sister also had you fighting for her to come back. Do you think your sister's going to fight for you to come back? No, because she respects my wishes. I didn't respect my sister's wishes to not come back in the fold. What do you, oh, was there guilt there for that? No, not at all. Because I needed her back in this swing of things. I couldn't handle mom anymore. Well, now you're gone and you're leaving her with the crazy. Yeah, but my mom is not going to risk losing her again. Is absolutely not going to risk it because she's got the biological grandson. That's just bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So uh, I finally talked to my dad and explained what was going to happen. And he sounded sad about it, but he understood. And he said, I'll do whatever I can to see you and to keep the connection with the kids. But I said, I'm not texting you anymore. I'm not calling you. You have to do it, you know, through other means. I'm just we should get him to. a burner phone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I just said, that's, that's what's going to happen. So then I wrote my mom an email. And I said, I'm walking away because of the things that you said today, and I wrote them out, so there would be no no discussion about what was said that upset me. Like, I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. And I said, I love you, but I love my kids more. And that's, that's and I said, than you. if you want me to come back, get some mental health, go to therapy, figure it all out. So then she read the email, and my sister, called me the next day and she said I saw mom last night and oh Heather you really you really got to her you got under her skin because she's like I think I'm going to go to couples therapy with your dad and then maybe in the future Heather and I can go to therapy together because we're we're not communicating well and she doesn't understand me and you know all of this uh, blah 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 and after I got off the phone Bobby's like well that seems promising I said "Mm -mm, that's my dad she's just reciting things that my dad said my dad said probably to her, let's go to couples therapy first, you and I. And then afterwards, you know, it's, it's because again, he's enabling in a way like, you know, you, you and Heather can't communicate your misunderstanding and blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. Being told I'm a burden is pretty clear. I being wish told you I'm a mistake nev- is pretty clear. I wish you never would have adopted your kids and the bi- you never gave me biological kids. Yeah. So you gave me nothing pretty clear. Pretty clear. How she. Yeah. There's no miscommunication there. No. And None at all. I told Bobby, I will be so surprised if she starts any kind of therapy this summer. And I think she's going to give every excuse she can't. 
Oh, I'm going to Boston. Oh, I'm going here. I can't start yet. I'm traveling. Da, 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 da. I said, if she doesn't start therapy by the end of the year, she's never going to. And that's it. And I think she will start to try to triangulate my sister and I, and that's going to be the true test. What, you know, the true test is going to be for my sister and my relationship. Can my sister withstand what my mom is going to do? And I know I'm out of the will now. I know my whatever loyalty I ever had is out of the will. Because when my sister came back in, my mom called me and she's like, I've changed the will. And what had used to be, I got 50% because of my extreme loyalty for staying by her side for 20 years and Bobby getting 25% for his loyalty for 20 years. And then uh, my sister and my kids and whatever other grandkids splitting the remainder became 50-50 with Bobby completely cut out the day after they met. She changed it the day after they met. And Bobby said something interesting. He said, you know, and I had forgotten I had said this to him. He goes, the day after your mom reunited with your sister, I remember you came home and you were crying. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, I, my relationship with my mom is over. Mm. And when he wrote my mom as well, he responded to my email. Because I CC'd everyone. I wanted my sister to know exactly what was said to me. I wanted everyone in the family to know there's no question about what was said. Right. And my mom doesn't deny that's what she said. Of course not. And Bobby wrote a a follow-up email, and he said that, you know, I didn't believe her at the time, but I realized she knows you better than anyone. And she brought her sister back into this family knowing it would destroy her relationship with you. Damn. And I... I, It did. Yeah. I had gone to therapy for many years before my sister showed up and a year before I got the kids. And when I was in therapy... My therapist, excellent therapist. I love her. I'm going to go back to see her because I think you happened. actually should see her oh, now to yeah. so help with this healing so it can go quicker. Oh, I don't need help with the healing. I am healed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but geez. I want to do my victory lap with her because she but gave me what? There's ramifications to cutting your mom out. Like there's guilt of like. I have no guilt. I have no guilt. And I'll tell you why. She gave me a book called Will I Ever Be Good Enough um, by Carol McBride. And in this book, it was an analysis of narcissistic mothers and what they do to daughters, specifically if they have two daughters and how they treat them, with one being the golden child and one being the scapegoat. There's an autobiography about your life here. It, it really was. And like my book has flags on every page practically where, you know, clinical behavior was what my mom was doing. And I could pull out examples that mirrored the examples in the book. And I remember talking to my therapist. And she said, if you want to have a relationship with your mom, you're going to have to make some very specific guidelines. And so we worked through what those guidelines were going to be and how I was going to be treated and things that I was going to pull full stop no and was not going to continue. And she warned me. She said, there may come a point, especially now that the kids are here, because I did start seeing her again once we adopted because the stress and everything. <laughs> no, the stress. <laughs> so I went to her again. I mean, this is why I love therapy is that I think you need to touch in when things are not oh, going well or when things are going well. I think you should touch in like twice a year regardless yeah. just to make sure that there's not a blind spot you're not seeing. Yeah. And I remember her saying to me, you may have to make that decision one day where you have to cut her out fully. And know why you're doing it. And, and yeah. you know, be fully prepared for it. That's why I don't have any guilt. 
Well, I remember having a conversation. I don't know if we did it on the podcast or if we just had a conversation where I was like, you need to cut your mom out. And you were like, but she's my mom. Uh, yeah. She's my mom. I'm like, but she's not healthy for you. No. And I have a lot of my close friends who for years have been like, you need to get rid of your mom. Like your mom is not good She's for toxic. You. Yeah. And I would not, I would dig in my heels every time. Like, it was your no. supreme loyalty. Yeah. And in this sense- it became your weakness. It did. And then I got to a point where I said, this is going to be very harmful to my kids and I'm not going to do this anymore. Isn't it crazy as a mom or a parent how until it affects your children, mm-hmm. you don't do anything. Yeah. Like you would be like, you're willing to put yourself through so much pain and anguish. But the minute your kids yeah. get any whiff of that, you're like done. Yeah. And, and then, that's what it came down to. It's funny because my sister, I can already feel the triangulation kind of going. And she's like, you know, whenever I've seen her with the kids, she never treats them any differently. And I didn't want to correct my sister, but it's not true at all. There is no same treatment at all. There is none. Don't think that I hate this, my nephew, because I don't. And I feel for my sister. And I think the most intelligent thing to say, and the most honest thing to say is, of course we have to treat them differently. They're at different levels. They're at different comprehensions of this world. But the love should be the same. But it's not. It's not. She doesn't love my kids, as she made it very clear. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. that's what's different. It's like, yes. Yeah. And, that, and that's that whole thing's really hard, too, just with Jackson, like, trying to find that balance and not being yeah. enabling and then having my daughter suffer, you know? Yeah. Like, not being able to do things because Jackson can. It's, like, hard to yeah. not have it. That's a hard line. She's just screwed up overall in general in the sense of like she treats her kids differently because she does not believe that they're grandkids. Yeah. And as I said, I want to go back to my therapist, not because I'm having guilt, for a victory lap because I finally did it. I finally severed off what was holding me back in a lot of ways. And Bobby's like, you seem really happy the day after. And I said, I am. He goes, are you happy because of bloodlust? And I said, bloodlust. Ha- yeah, like you've gotten revenge finally on her and like you've hurt her. Oh, okay. And that's why you're happy. I said, no, I don't care how she feels, truthfully. I said, I'm happy because for the first time, I feel relief. I literally felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. What relief? Email. From what? Like, my this- mom has been in the back of my head through everything. Every bite of food I put in my mouth, I can hear my mom. Every choice I make, I can hear my mom. And what is my mom going to think about this? And what, you know, I have opportunities that come up like, oh, my mom wouldn't like it if I did that. You know, I, I did not take a job that was an exciting job offer. I wouldn't have met you. So maybe thanks to my mom for this, but I didn't take that job because I, I was don't like, like her. My mom is not going to like if I move all the way across the country. So I've turned down things because, well, I can't hurt my mom. I can't do that to my mom. And now for the first time, I don't have that burden. I genuinely don't care what she thinks because what she thinks is not great. She already has told me I'm a mistake in her life. So why do I need to validate myself to a person who just thinks I'm a mistake? You don't. I don't. Then you won't. And Bobby's like, it's really weird because you're already a better parent. He's like, I I could not believe it. You're so calm. You're so relaxed. I mean, I hugged and kissed Bella goodnight the other night. What? Yeah, it's it, like even that feels like it's repairing quickly. He's like, you're just being an all-around 
better mom. Like Anna had a fit and I didn't blow up at her. I was able to stay calm and say, you know, but stand my ground, not give in, but not just give up and say, you know, and start screaming at her like I would have. Yeah. And he goes, I think he's like, I don't know what it, it is, but you're so much already of a better parent. That's awesome. And I'm like, it was worth it then. If my leaving my mom and cutting her out means I'm going to now be a successful parent, it was worth everything. I only wish I'd done it sooner. Oh, I wish I could have. What? What could have, should have. What it could have, should have. Yeah. You know? But it had to happen at this moment. Like It did. And it feels very complete at this moment. And maybe before I would have had doubts and I would have gone more back guilt, and forth. More guilt, more stuff. Like, so how long has me been back? A year. It's coming. My mom's going to not be able to handle it. And she's going to blow up at my sister over something. And then my sister's going to walk out again. So it's coming. Well, yeah, because her main release and punching bag is gone. It's She's going to go after my dad right now, which is what's going to make me really sad. But she always kind of has. He's always been her primary punching bag. And then I became punching bag number two. And I had more things she could go after in my adulthood. So... I'm sad for that, but he's not going to leave her. He's and you know, he doesn't believe. Do you in it. want him to leave her? No, I want her to get better. I want her to go to therapy. I want her to deal with her past traumas. I want her to deal with why she resents me. I want her to deal with her issues. That's what I want. I want her to get better because she'll be a happier person, and she'll be a better person when she gets to it. But the relationship between my mom and I is. Even if she does do this and we reunify, it's going to be strained forever at this point. I don't know. No, I know. I know things. You know her better. I mean, you know you and her. Yeah. But, I mean, God can do amazing things. Healing can do amazing things. Therapy can do amazing things. Sure. You know, like where there'll always be boundaries having to be set and, like, things put in place. Sure. But it could be an amazing relationship. I just don't need it. And that's a hard thing to say, but you know, I, I'm very grateful that I had a great aunt in my life who modeled what a, I mean, she was your mom in a lot of ways. She was, she took me places that I needed to do. She, you know, I always wanted to spend time with her. She was more than willing. I mean, she would take me to the doctor all the time and everything. Well, you told me a story recently of like you being there over the weekend and your best friend going to her house and y'all doing things like she was your oh, mom. Yeah. yeah. Like my friends always came over for slumber parties at her house and we just did everything together. She was like my best friend and losing her was very hard. And I, but I'm glad that she was there because I saw how parents should be. Yeah. Something to model. Yeah. I would like to think all my good parenting qualities came from her. And, and you have a lot of what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I do. It sounds like a weird thing, but like, have you ever ordered a mattress from Amazon? Well, it comes, not from Amazon, but like from other places. Yeah. And it comes all like, like curled up and oh, like yeah, you oppressed have and everything. And then the minute you like. Open it. Like it, no longer oppress it. <laughs> it just goes. Yeah. And like just becomes what it's supposed to be, a mattress. Yeah. You're becoming a mattress. I'm becoming a mattress. Well, no, then I'm going to get laid on again. <laughs> You can get laid. I feel like I didn't. Okay. So you and I talked that night. Yeah. Which I felt also very special. I was like, this solidified <laughs> our relationship even stronger. Like the <laughs> fact that you called me at something that 
this yeah. intense and this deep. And you got to hear me cry. I know. <laughs> it was crazy. She cried. But she cried not because you were losing your mom. Mm-hmm. You cried for your dad. I did. But it was interesting seeing you talk through it and how upset and hurt and everything you went. Mm-hmm. And then you process through like, no, this has to happen. And then even like realizing that you were thinking about cutting your dad completely out in yeah. order to do it. And then like realizing like, okay, maybe I could make that work. And maybe it won't. Like maybe no. in yeah. a year you'll be like, this isn't working or something. But it was it was cool seeing you go through the process of being so hurt. And you were still that loyal person when you first got on the phone call yeah. with me of like, but it's my mom. Like, can I do this? Like, I, I, I think I have to, but like you were doubting yourself and then having you land of like, no, she's gone and I'll figure it out with my dad. Yeah. Was cool. And you cried. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most exciting part. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I think I'm so proud of you though, yeah. because I mean, we thought like, it's your mom. Like I totally yeah. get it. It's your mom. Like this is what we, I was telling Chris this too, like that dynamic of like, she's your mom, she's your blood. But then again, you have this family that isn't blood mm-hmm. and you're saying that blood doesn't matter. Yeah. But yet you say blood matters with this relationship, yeah. but it shouldn't. And it's one of those things where it's like that dichotomy of mental yeah. battle of like, but she's my mom and blood, but my family isn't blood. So why should I care? And then, nah. but in the end, it's like, you need to have people that are going to make you grow. Yeah are going to support you and encourage you and have you be the best potential. Yeah. Not someone who's going to be oppressed to you, whether they're blood or not blood related to you, not related to you. It's no one toxic in your life. It's a hard topic to talk about, but I wanted to talk about it here because I think there are other people who unfortunately have blood family members who are not supportive of what they're doing. And it sucks. It, oh, it sucks so bad. But I think at a point, you know, my kids have been with me for five years now. And five years in, this is what she's saying to me. And I think that there's a point where you have to draw lines. Like you say, like, what's the point going to be in your life? And you have to make a decision. If it gets to this point, I have to walk away because that's what's healthiest for me and for my family. And to me, family is always your immediate family. That's priority number one. It's you, your spouse. Your kids. Yeah. That's priority number one. Everybody else is priority number two. Yeah. And if priority number one gets at risk, you have to make changes so that risk isn't there. And I'll tell you something that's really sad. The only thing that made me sad about this whole thing is that when I told the kids what had happened and how we wouldn't be seeing them anymore. They didn't care, did they? They said, but what about Grampy? Oh. So they want to see my dad still. They don't give a shit about seeing my mom. And I know that sucks so bad, but I'm like, th- that's how aware kids are. Yeah, they knew. I mean, they could you feel know it. if someone loves you or not. Yeah, they could feel it. They're so, and, and as Bobby has said, they know, they, they know how to pretend like they're not listening, how to pretend like they're not acknowledging something, but they're very in tune and they're very aware. So. And it's going to get even more in tune and more aware and then they're going to. Yeah. Ingraining. Oh, another family that doesn't love me. Yeah. Like this is probably mm-hmm. the best thing to do for them. Oh, totally. I'm looking forward to your self-confidence growing. Oh my God. She was that. Yeah. My comedy is going to get amazing. 
completely. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about this in my comedy. It's I'm working on it right now. I, I want to put it out there. And because, and people have to, people have these experiences in their lives and they think it's something shameful. And I'm not ashamed of cutting my mom out. I thought I would be. That was one of the big things because shame is big in my family. And I thought I was going to be ashamed and feel guilt and feel distressed. And I feel great. And a lot of people might think, wow, what a weird thing to say. But when you've spent your life being beaten up emotionally by a person for their own self-satisfaction. And by someone who's supposed to unconditionally love you yeah. and be the person that is yeah. there 100%. Like it's one thing for, I don't know, a professor to do it or something yeah. else, which is still crappy. No one should do this. But yeah, you know but, what I'm saying? But like, this is your mom. Yeah. Like this is the person that holds the most enduring title yeah. that she can hold, bullying you every single day, emotionally, th like, yeah, tearing you down, and physically and emotionally, like, no. But I think the reason why you don't feel shameful is because you feel shame when there's things that you shouldn't be doing, and this is what you should be doing, yeah. so there's no shame there. And it's it's been about a week since it happened, and I, I feel like if something really negative was going to pop up, like uh, I was going to have remorse or anything, it would have started to rear its head by now. So yeah. we're going to have to check in in a month and see where well, I'm at. We definitely want an update. I want an update of where your self-confidence is. Yeah. I want an update of where your comedy is with this, your parenting. Like, yeah. I couldn't imagine parenting with not only my voice in my head saying I'm not doing good enough, but another voice always questioning what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I can't imagine parenting like that. I judge myself quite well. We've already discussed this yeah. <laughs> thoroughly. Like, I can't imagine having a whole nother person to constantly be questioning who you are and what you're doing. Not even questioning, just even telling you how every decision you're making is wrong, how what you're doing is wrong, and, and everything about it is wrong. I still can't fathom how crappy she is. Like I, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. She yeah. recorded like questioning, but in your reality, she didn't. She just told you your shit. Yeah, yeah, in a big way. And I just want to maybe inspire some other listeners who have people who are a bit toxic in their life. Go to therapy if you're not right now. Work through it if you can. You know, keep the relationship, and you can keep it on terms that make you comfortable and okay. Do it. But if it comes to it, it's better to cut it out. You know, family is what you build. And it doesn't mean just by blood. It means by the people you surround yourself with and bring into your life. Yeah. It's like a rose bush. You have to prune it in mm -hmm. order for it to grow more. Yep. That's a better analogy than the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Although you. I like the mattress because I felt you like releasing and coming yeah. and becoming who, you. Yeah. And it was crazy because the day I sent that email to my mom, like the next day I got into Burbank Comedy Festival. I'm like, look at all of these wonderful benefits coming my way. <laughs> I really want your your set to be about this for Burbank Comedy Festival. We'll see. We'll see if I can get together in time. So you haven't seen her since last Thursday then. You sent no. an email. You didn't even. No. Because there was one point where you were being crazy. Well, you were being crazy. We were going to go to the Bobby memorial. and I were like, uh. We were going to go to the memorial together. That's what it was going to be because I didn't, you know. I, we were going to go to the memorial together. And then I just was like, I can't. 
And then I was going to go to her birthday because I felt no, guilty. That's what was crazy yeah. is that you were like, I'll have the birthday thing where she gets to do everything she wants and I'll pretend like everything's okay. And then five <laughs> seconds later, I'll be like, and by the way, you're never seeing me again. Yeah. Like that was just ridiculous. Like you were crazy. Well, I was trying once again to, to be, be loyal, loyal, obedient daughter. And I was like, you know what? Ruin her birthday. Maybe, maybe that'll mean something. It's not. Who cares? You you yeah. ended it on your terms well, in a sure powerful she's way. Angry about Heather ruining her birthday yet again somehow. <laughs> uh, hello, she's already angry about you ruining her life because yeah. she had you. I mean, yeah. come on, that's just one sprinkle. Oh man, don't ever say hateful things like that to your your family. Don't no. ever, even if you feel it deep inside. I've said some hateful things to the girls, and I yeah. immediately am like, crap. I yeah. probably should just write that down so I can give it to the therapist. Yeah. It's, and you go, like, I have folders for the kids that have all of their, you know, everything they need, their birth certificates, their social yeah. security cards, all of it. I should put, like, a list of all the crappy things I've ever done. So when I give it to them, be like, and when you go to your therapist, there's you a paper go. in there. You can start with this. Yes. It's, it's a starting off blog. Yeah. <laughs> something to spark conversation, conversation starters for the therapist. <laughs> I'm excited for you, though, because I already see a change in you. That's yeah. going to be great. I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever the next step brings. The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at MotherEffinPodcast.com. <laughs>